This Dharma talk by Joan Sutherland, Awakening as Homecoming, is the fifth of five talks given at the Morning Star Retreat at San Geronimo Lodge in Taos, New Mexico on December 8, 2011. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. Happy Bodhi Day. Powerful Bodhi Day to you all. Please be comfortable, and um, if you want to fall back against the vastness or against that tree older than the forest it stands in, and close your eyes and just let the words wash over you, this is... um, this is a good night to do that. And actually, Pat, could we have the lights down just a little bit? Thank you. That's perfect. Thank you. We have been speaking about the seasons of awakening and the winter solstice which fast approaches. In our tradition, often represents... a homecoming that is the deepest homecoming we can know. Earlier we were speaking a fair amount about um, death and dismemberment. And there's something quite true about that in the sense that this deepest homecoming we can know involves, like the sun at the solstice, returning completely to the dark, dying completely to the dark, and then being reborn. In our tradition, this is called the great death and the great rebirth. And they ain't kidding. To say more, to characterize more, the great death and the great rebirth just sounds soppy, you know? Or it sounds like something out of a book you can pick up at the airport. So I won't try, but I do want to try to give you a flavor for the cosmology, for the grand topography of that journey home and that journey back and to talk a little bit about a winter practice called turning the light inward which is the way the tradition suggests that we might return home to that source that dark night of the winter solstice which is the source of everything 
from the Taoists, the people of Chan inherited this sense that the source of things is dark. You might remember reading in Shuto's Taking Part in the Gathering about the source that is clear and unstained, and from that dark stream branches of light. We've talked about it amongst ourselves as the well that is at the center of the temple, that well which we hope to be able to go and sit down next to, the well whose bottom we can never see, whose extent we can never fully understand, which the well that remains essentially a mystery at the center of things. We can't measure it, we can't plumb it, we can't drop a bucket down it, we can't do any of that. But despite its essential mystery, there is something about it when we reach there, when we are able to sit there, that feels like home in a way that nothing else feels like home. Sometimes it sounds like a fax machine. (laughs) It is miraculous. It takes every form in the universe using its skillful means to awaken us. So, there is this dark. There is this night of the winter solstice. There is this deep well. There is this mystery this thing that is um, subtle and wondrous, which are other ways of translating this character which speaks of that dark. And from it stream branches of light so that everything we experience, everything we can know, everything that is manifest in the universe is light, are the branches of light that stream from that dark including us. So when Linji talks about us as that lone brightness standing before me, that lone brightness that can hear the Dharma and understand the Dharma and speak the Dharma, that is each of us, and that's what he's talking about. We are that light as everything is that light. Deep in a retreat, when the trees start talking to us and we begin to see the radiance of things, when, we, when something lights up for us, when we see a light that seems to come from inside whatever that thing is, it is so beautiful to us. It is so awe-inspiringly perfect to us because we know it's the light of home. It looks like the light of that place that is called our old home in the tradition, our old home gate. It is the lantern hanging there. And when we see it in other things, we remember home. Maybe we long for home. 
For a moment, we remember that everything is made of that light streaming from that dark. And we remember what it is like to stand there at the source, to know the source, to know that everything there is one. So, for a while maybe it seems like we only know that in bits and pieces. We know it for a few moments when something lights up. When we do, another reason that those things that light up are so beautiful is that we see for an instant how everything is the light pretending to be each thing. There is the light pretending to be a chair. Here is the light pretending to be my hand. There is the light pretending to be Jan. And there is something so beautiful about that holy play. And yes, everything is a dream. And yes, everything is impermanent. And yes, everything rises and falls. And sometimes we struggle so much with that. But sometimes we can see that it is all the play of the light that streams from that source. And sometimes we feel that we might be able to enter that play. to revel in it, to delight in it, to love it. So, how do we go home? How do we return to that old home gate that is the source? If we are already that light, how is it that we don't know that all the time? How is it that we can't feel that connection to the source all the time? How do we bridge the gap? How do we get across? And the answer is, we go back. We talk a lot about stepping into the moment just before, and tonight I want to talk about that in a really big way. This is turning the light around. We take the light that we are generating all the time with every movement, with every action, even more subtly, with every thought, with every feeling, with every physical sensation, we make light, that light that comes from the source, that light that has gone through so many transformations to get here, to become this gesture or that word. If the tradition were starting today, maybe we would call it energy instead of light. But they called it light, and that's beautiful. So let's go on calling it light. We walk around. We sit. We sleep. Everything we do, generating this tremendous amount of this light, transforming a tremendous amount of this light all the time into deed, and word, and thought, and feeling. So we have this 
light right here. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to get anything. Here it already is, completely available to us. So we take that light and we turn it inward. Mostly we're busy turning it outward, turning it into deed and word and thought and feeling and throwing it out into the world in one form or another. So this is turning it inward, turning all of that back toward the source. In a retreat like this, we begin to do that by sitting down and shutting up, (laughs) by making fewer gestures, by, um, by emitting less of that light in movement, in action, in word. We bring it in. We stop chasing the extensions of our own light into the world. If you think about everything we do, everything we say, everything we think and feel as being generations of that light into the world, then notice how we follow all that. We follow the movement. We follow the words. We follow the thoughts. We're always chasing our own light out away from us. So we get simpler, we get quieter, we turn the light of action and the light of words inward. And as we sit, with any luck, we begin to turn the light of thought and feeling and sensation inward as well. Whatever method we're employing, whatever it is we're doing when we're sitting, fundamentally, we are taking that energy of thought and feeling that goes out and turning it back on itself, examining it, inquiring into it. Every time we do an inquiry as simple as, what is this? Every time we bring up a koan, Every time we notice thoughts rising and falling and have just a little bit of distance from them, we're turning that light inward on our own heart-minds. We're getting a little bit closer to the source. With any luck, after we've been sitting for a while, we begin to experience that those thoughts and feelings are arising in a larger and larger, quieter and quieter field. And we don't have to do so much about them. We don't have to attend to them so much or worry about them because they just rise and fall easily of themselves in this large field. That large field is the field of our awareness. And when we can feel the field, and we can feel how our, our thoughts and our feelings rise and fall in them, when we can have that much distance between awareness and content of awareness, we're turning the light back. We're seeing the true nature of thoughts and feelings and the true nature of our awareness, of our consciousness. So we keep stepping back into the moment just before. Maybe we can begin 
by letting go of opinions and reactions. Maybe that's the first layer of thoughts and feelings that we can allow to fall back into the vastness. And then we can take another step back and we can keep company with our primary thoughts and we can notice them rising and falling and to get some distance from them and take another step back and get closer and closer to silence, closer and closer to a marvelous dynamic stillness which is before and before and before. So far, we're in the territory of what we can do. We can actively engage in these practices. We can actively try to do this. We can actively succeed in doing this. At some point, if we are fortunate, and I promise it will happen if you stay with this, at some point, grace comes in. At some point, fortunately, it isn't all up to us. It isn't all up to our intelligence or our skill or our will or our stubbornness or our vows or anything else. There is a grace that enters. And I don't know, but I like to think that that grace is that light from the source coming to get us as we walk towards it. So, in the image of the tradition, at some point, the bottom falls out of the bucket. At some point, everything drops away and there are no more steps. There is no more process. There is no more doing or not doing. Suddenly we are there, we are home, we are at the source. We have gone all the way back down the light to that original place, to that place where we can see how everything streams from that dark, that dark of home. And we are there with everything. And even to say, I am there with everything, makes a much bigger separation than there is. There is just that home. There is just that place. And then we take one more step into the night, into the dark into the source. And then there's nothing to say about that for a few moments or a few days or a few weeks or a lifetime. But we've gone all the way back. We're through the gate of home. And that's not the end. Before Jiaozhou was Jiaozhou, when he was um, a person not unlike any of us, 
he had that experience of walking in that night. And he went to ask uh, his teacher about it because he was feeling pretty good about it. It's nice there in the dark. It's awesome there in the dark. And so he asked about this great death. What about the great death? And his teacher said, I am not interested in your great death. I will speak to you when you have given yourself completely to the light, to the dawn, to the new day that comes. So that is the next step from that night into the dawn, into the great rebirth from the great death. It is a great death in the sense that nothing is ever the same. And um, our egos or our small selves or whatever you want to call the poor deers, the darling (laughs) deer creatures who keep the organism moving through the day, just aren't quite the same after that. Something does fall away irrevocably, and then something returns. And it's so important that Toza, Jajo's teacher, said, you must surrender completely to the daylight. Because that's the next part of the journey. That's coming back. Coming all the way back, up that endless stream of light from the source back to you, back to the very edge of your skin, right where you left it. Except now, when you stand in front of Linji, and Linji says, you are a lone brightness that hears the Dharma and understands the Dharma and speaks the Dharma, you know it. You know it with every cell in your body. And you know that home is here. You bring home with you. And you spend the rest of your life with any luck enjoying that home with all the other emanations of light in the world around you. You look the same, it's the same life, the same stuff happens. But you know you are that light from home. And you know everything else is that light from home, too. You are really all family. We are really all family. And if the great question of the journey home is, who am I? Really, who am I? The great question of the return is, now what? (laughs) What do I do? And the reason 
there are 750 koans after the first poem (laughs) is because it takes a long time for this emanation of the light to come to see what is its most complete expression as you. That's the hard work. That's the great work of a human life. To be able to play wholeheartedly and completely in this vast, holy play of manifest life. to look into the faces of other people and dogs and rugs and school buses and see that light of home right here and want, deeply want to know what can we make together. What does the light streaming from the dark look like right here, right now, in this moment, with these emanations? This is the promise of Bodhi Day. This is the promise of our way. Even though it's so difficult to be articulate about it, even though it's so difficult not to sound really stupid talking about it, what a gift we have been given. What a gift for us to be able to meet together and follow this way together to help each other down that pathway of light to push each other as gently as possible as firmly as possible through those buckets with no bottoms so that we can meet at home and so that we can come back together and ask what now please eat up every last bit of this leave nothing on the plate use this don't waste a crumb of it tonight, right now, here. Let's go. Thank you. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at JoanSutherlandDharmaWorks.org.